2019, the results of a 20-year study were finally published and they'd taken 200 men from Eastern Finland over a 20-year period. And the findings showed a dramatic decrease in cardiovascular problems among the regular sauna bathers. And that has sparked a lot more research into heat, the benefits of heat, particularly on anti-inflammation and blood pressure. Emma O'Kelly is a writer and avid cold water swimmer, but she recently discovered the joys and health benefits of hot saunas. This is the Lizard Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all have a better second half. I'm Lizard, and I'm on a bit of a mission to find ways for all of us to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being today. Well, if you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I love to start my day with a dip in cold water year round, either a pond or maybe just a cold shower. But when it comes to heat therapy, what do you think? Is that something that you do regularly? I don't have access to it, so it's not really on my agenda, but perhaps we should be paying a bit more attention to getting hot as well as getting cold. Well, Emma grew up on a farm in the British countryside where there was obviously not a sauna in sight. She writes for The Telegraph, The Financial Times, Condé Nast Traveller, but her most recent project has seen her exploring the culture, the etiquette and the health benefits of saunas around the world. Her book, Sauna, The Power of Deep Heat, highlights the benefits of sauna that it brings to body and mind, its connection to nature and its compatibility with the other great invigorator, of course, cold water swimming. So what role can these ancient traditions play in our modern world? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Emma, warm welcome. Warm, I guess, being the uh, the operative word for this one. I mean, when we think about saunas, we might think of this as the slightly sweaty room plonk between the lockers and the loos at the local gym. Or maybe we've had maybe a slightly more luxurious experience at a spa. What are your first memories or understanding of, of what saunas were? Oh, hi, Liz. Um, thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, yes, you've pretty much summed it up. Those are my first memories of sauna. <laughs> <laughs> plonked in a sort of dark gym as an afterthought in the corner and not a place that I would go actually I would always favor the hammam or the pool or the jacuzzi or anything rather than the sauna 
And I think that's one of the challenges that we face in this country and that the Scandinavians, where most of the book is set, have so right, because sauna is a whole other thing, really, which I try to kind of unpick in the book. So in comparison, then, what are we talking about today when we talk about saunas and when we are your eyes open to what saunas really are? Here, I think we could just say pretty much it's a, a hot, probably not very well ventilated room where you're not allowed to pour water on the stove. Whereas in Finland and the Baltic countries, a sauna isn't a sauna unless you can pour water on the rocks oh, really? to create the steam. That is the key ingredient of a sauna in those countries because the steam has all these spiritual and historical references. Wow. They were the gateway to the ancestral world. What? And yes, they could <laughs> oh transport gosh. you to another plane. And there's a whole sort of <laughs> mystical part of the book that was really fascinating. Obviously, our gym saunas are quite far removed from that. The other thing that they do in those countries is usually have cold, cold plunges and and the sauna together. And you always rinse before you always wash yourself before you go in the sauna and you take a towel and you sit on a towel so that you don't sweat on the benches. And so hygiene is paramount because obviously in the old days, saunas Mm -hmm. were bathhouses. It's where people would go to wash and do many other things as well, be healed in the heat or have babies. Or Mm. when people died, the the dead were taken there to be laid out and prepared for burial. So hygiene and water and washing is a very big part of the sauna, which in our culture isn't the case yet, which is not to say it can't be. I just think historically we don't have those traditions. Yes. So where and when in the world then did the sauna tradition start? Well, that is a very uh, controversial question. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because lots of countries would like to be the sort of right you know there's a bit of rivalry about where it was invented you know Finland and Estonia both like to lay claim to that one but the sauna that I'm talking about in the book is in that part of the world the sort of Finland Baltics Russia area the Finno-Ugric peoples because obviously like the Mexicans have their own to mezcal and there are traditions in Taiwan and Japan but for the purposes of the book the Nordic bathing traditions, that's where it all began, really. Right, right. And then almost every culture, I think, seems to have their own version of sauna or or sweat bathing, perhaps, as a concept. Is that true? And are they all the same? That does seem to be true. And they're all completely different. While I was writing the book, I found some uh, evidence of Celtic sweat houses, in Ireland and uh, they're being unearthed at the moment by archaeologists and nobody kind of knows how long they've existed for or what exactly they were used for but the concept of sweat bathing of going into a an enclosed space with a with a fire or hot rocks is a time-worn tradition and I think many cultures have that tradition and and the fact that it has existed for centuries shows that there's something in it there must be good for us in some way or we would have left it by the wayside a long time ago. Mm, yes. I mean, I know that you're a veteran cold water swimmer as well, as as I am, perhaps not quite as, ah. as experienced as you. And we'll definitely come back to that in a bit. 
So we do know from sort of a medical perspective that, you know, your body can handle the cold. How did it take to heat when you first started using saunas to warm up? <laughs> oh, God, it was really hard. So the first sauna I did was in Hackney, at the Hackney Community Baths, who are pioneering the kind of new sauna movement with all sorts of Finnish saunas and pouring water and lots of lift different traditions. Anyway, I went in to that sauna I found it so hot I then mm. jumped into the ice plunge barrel the cold water barrel mm-hmm. and I stayed in there for so long I then couldn't warm up <laughs> so then I had to go back into the sauna in my parka and my hat what? and my scarf <laughs> and all my clothes and stand there and luckily one of the founders of Hackney is a doctor and he was really looking after me and he said, it's fine. It's it's normal. You're not you, your body hasn't got used right. to this yeah. thermoregulatory ping pong that's going on here. And obviously, because I started feeling much uh, because I came from a place of being a cold swimmer, I'm much more comfortable in the I was much more comfortable in the cold than in the heat. But that experience then made me think, oh, no, how on earth am I going to write this book when I have to? get out of the sauna after two minutes yes, yes. <laughs> um, and luckily the photographer Maya who lives in Helsinki and being Finnish was practically born in the sauna and is a, has been saunering since she was a baby she trained me if you like she would t- tell me you know the heat's far it's normal to feel a bit dizzy or if you feel hot go out or she she was uh, a guide with me because it was quite hard to adjust to the heat at times yeah. for me. Fascinating. And I've been doing quite a lot of research actually for my new book next year on cold therapy and you oh. know, cold water dipping, the benefits of having a cold mm. shower. I, I turn the shower down to cold for the last 60 seconds of every shower that I mm. have. And those of you who follow on Instagram will know that I have a little pond in my garden that I go and mm. sit in, you know, breaking the ice in January. Yeah, and, and do love it very much. Saunas are much newer for me. And obviously, I, you know, I don't have a sauna, so I guess it's not something that I do regularly. But I am fascinated in the health benefits, particularly of these extreme temperatures. I know a little bit about the cold, but what are scientists saying are some of the potential health benefits of of heat and, and saunas especially? Well, there was um, most of the research has been done in Finland. And in 2019, the results of a 20-year study were finally published and they'd taken a Finnish cardiologist called Jari Laukanen and had, had worked with 200 men from Eastern Finland over a 20-year period. And the findings showed a dramatic decrease in cardiovascular problems among the regular sauna bathers. Really? And that research, obviously other factors probably play into, into that, but where possible, he tried to eliminate all the other factors and that has sparked a lot more research into heat the benefits of heat particularly on blood pressure cardiovascular systems anti-inflammation and inflammation causes so many autoimmune other illnesses as you know there's so much talk and so much research sort of happening and proven studies they're hard to come by but that one in Finland is a definitive study and it's been setting the trend for further studies. Right. Interesting. I did read that the heart rate increases during sauna 
and then it slows down afterwards, a kind of cardio flexing, if you like, which mm. is considered by cardiologists and people who know about this stuff as a good thing, because presumably it's kind of giving your heart a little bit of a workout. So mm. would that be the link then to cardiovascular health? Yes, yes. That and the fact that when your heart starts pumping and the blood starts flowing through your veins and arteries it gives them a good clean right and it kind of helps Makes them sense. have a bit of a workout mm. and actually improving the circulation in general I guess is, yes. is good you know we, we know for example that that can stimulate the immune system less damage to our genetic material so sort of health protective in that way yes and there was also a study about heat therapy uh, that's been carried out in America by a Dr Charles Raisin who has been putting people with depression into heat chambers it's it's not saunas they're they're kind of heat chambers and these people have to stay in for a certain amount of t- a couple of hours I think varies and he is investigating the connection between heating people up and depression and there seems to be a lot happening in that space as well about how it affects you know our hormones and the chemicals in the brain and everything but you know all of this is quite new territory sure well talking about the brain there neurodegenerative disease you know I know there's research obviously going into all sorts when we look at dementia and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and exposure to heat does seem to cause the cell proteins to to stabilize and to repair and synthesize and that actually could potentially, you know, lead to sauna therapy, perhaps for these conditions, yes. do you think? Yes, absolutely. Because they say that dementia and Alzheimer's is the clumping together of those proteins. So if the heat can help those proteins circulate more fluidly, then perhaps they won't clump together in the same way. I think that's what you're saying. Yes, potentially. I mean, I, I've, I've just seen sort of top line research yes. on that. And I think from my point of view, when I look at saunas from... I guess, a beauty and a wellness perspective. I'm always thinking about them as a a method of detox, if you like. So because we sweat when we're in a sauna, we're excreting potentially toxins via the skin through perspiration. And, you know, we know that through perspiration, we can excrete all sorts of cellular waste matter, you know, heavy metals too mm. can be excreted. And actually mm. sweat has been shown to do this more effectively than urine. So mm. I guess it would make sense that if you were doing this regularly, I mean, in Scandinavian countries, for example, when you were researching this, what's the sort of the perceived wisdom on the protocol? Is it a daily sauna? Is it a weekly sauna? What's what's considered the, the optimum? Oh, well, um, I mean, obviously, if, mo- if if everyone could have a sauna every day, I think they would. <laughs> really? <laughs> but life Gosh. gets in the way. Yeah. And once a week is... Uh, quite often at weekends because a sauna also the another big difference is a sauna doesn't just last for half an hour it can go on for a whole evening a whole Saturday night or is it a a social thing are you going to meet your friends in the sauna and yes so you invite you know in Estonia in the south of Estonia the family all come over and you know people make a cake and you all (laughs) you all but you, you're not allowed to take disputes into the sauna either. So any oh, grievances have good. to be sorted out before you Left go outside. in. outside, yeah. Yes. And then the men tend to go together and the women go together. All the generations together, just divided by gender. And um, it's an hour's hours of jumping in the cold pond. Right. Or, because quite often the ultimate sauna there is considered to be the one in the forest next to a lake or a oh, river. Amazing. Yeah. A, a cold sea. So 
it can last for many hours. And I guess on that mental health point that you talked about earlier, maybe there's there really is a reason then that the sauna-loving nations that you talked about there, if we look at countries like Norway and Sweden and Finland, for example, they do often top the annual UN World Happiness Report. You know, is this because they are all hopping in and out of the sauna and then jumping into a pond and then going off and eating cake with their family? <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> and salmon soup <laughs> in Helsinki. In um, Well, I mean... Obviously, there are lots of other lifestyle factors involved in those countries, like really good childcare and health systems and so on. But yes, I mean, they would say for for some of them, sauna is an absolute way of life. They can't live without the sauna. The photographer Maya is the same. You know, she lives in Helsinki. She has a sauna in the basement of her house. But because she's shooting and traveling all the time, she has a tent sauna that she takes with her in her van. So she'll be out in the in the well lapland or the wilderness as they call it and she will just sleep in her van and rig up her tent sauna which takes about half an hour to heat up well you just plug it um, into like the cigarette lighter of your car is is that the sort of thing or no you have a little stove i mean it's not not so easy to carry as a backpack because it's quite heavy the stove but you yeah you have a little stove and you have some logs and um you light it but actually that idea of stumbling upon a sauna in the wilds is very common all over that part of the world sounds amazing i'm gonna have to be looking that up online i think a portable sauna and pop yes. it in the back of the car if we go off <laughs> on saunas. forest expeditions i have actually seen on on uh, probably on instagram that these things are marketed to you aren't they these little zip up pods that you can have at home i don't know how they're heated presumably they plug in somewhere and and you sit in often with your head out like yeah. a sort of old-fashioned sort of bathing cabin if you like and yeah. are those beneficial do you think or, or do you really need to have your head in there as well well I don't know because I haven't tried one of those but I I've also seen them and um, I do know a few people with kind of autoimmune illnesses who swear by those little portable infrared yes. saunas that you're maybe referring to that you have at home. Can, can we talk about that, about infrared? Because what we're talking about here is steam, isn't it? Which mm. is, is different from heating the body with, say, light, with infrared. Yes. I've tried both and I like both. I prefer steam mm-hmm. personally. But if I didn't have any other options or I found that that was going to be more convenient, you know, I'm not... The, the sauna aficionados would say that steam is the ultimate and that the smoke sauna, which is another thing I'll talk about, uh, mm. is the absolute ultimate and infrared is the most inferior option. But we live in the UK. We don't have, you know, we yes. don't have the luxury of lots of choices when it comes to saunas. So whatever works for people. It's, it's the heat, really, that, yeah, that, that it's, it's heating heat. up the, the core temperature of the body. Tell me about smoke saunas. You say that's the ultimate. I've never even heard that expression. What is a smoke sauna? So a smoke sauna is an old historical sauna. You know, when, when the first saunas uh, were these kind of piles of rocks that were semi-underground, evolved into chimneyless cabins where you'd heat a pile of rocks with a fire for many hours. It takes about six hours to heat up and... Because there's no chimney, the surfaces are all covered in soot and it's black and it's dark and it smells of soot. And before you go in, you open the door and get the smoke out, which has its own name and is another kind of spiritual gesture. And then everybody goes in and the smoke sauna 
when you pour water onto the rocks of the smoke sauna, you get an a, incredible heat that you an incredible whoosh of steam that you because the rocks are, are so hot so it's much more intense and because it's dark and you're covered in soot because the soot you sweat and then the soot sticks to your body it sticks to your skin and actually it's quite soothing on your skin uh, and you can kind of taste the soot in the back of your mouth a little bit it's just this really outer otherworldly experience yes Sounds very yeah. sort of spiritual, as you say, with that, with that smoke element. What about other sort of elements of ritual, if you like, around sauna? Because from your book, you've got these amazing photographs and descriptions of you know the washing, the scrubbing, the rinsing. Is it is there very much a protocol that you spend a certain amount of time doing these different stages? So it's almost like this ritualistic therapy. There's not so much a protocol because it varies from culture to culture. But because, for example, in Estonia and, and the Baltics, whisking with birch branches is really, really popular. I've had that. Yeah. Ah, yes. I've, there's one in the east of London. And I went actually with, with one of my great girlfriends a few years ago, we'd heard about it. And it is, I don't know whether it's got some sort of Russian origin or whatever, but it's a very hot sauna. And there was sort of beating with birch twigs by this man wearing a rather funny sort of pointy shaped woolly hat. And I mean, we, we were in fits of giggles, I have to say, when we were doing this. And then and then you have to go into this very cold shower and then go into this icy plunge pool. And, and you know, mm. you're standing there, you know, stark naked in, in this place. And then this very sort of burly guy grabs you and just sort of pushes your head under this freezing cold water. And then, then you come out and, and you dry off and you sit on these pine benches and and you're fed vodka and, and beetroot soup to, to, to recover and it was the most extraordinary thing and I absolutely loved it and in fact talking to you has reminded me of that and I, I do need to remember exactly where and what it was and, and go and redo it because it was it was fantastic you could have yes found. yes I mean <laughs> it is fantastic <laughs> You've got to go with the right people, obviously. (laughs) If we want to just have to take our words for it. (laughs) Yes. Um, Uh, Yeah, it sounds like torture, but not really. Again, there's all the... It doesn't hurt being being whisked with the birch. And again, the birch, in the old days, um, everybody had a whisk. Even if you were destitute, you had your own whisk that you'd take into the sauna to clean yourself with. Because the the birch has um, saponin, in in the branches which is kind of a clean has its own yes. cleansing properties and it smells nice and the, the, yeah. and the noise of the the birch whisking sounds like a snare drum so it's quite meditative and repetitive and it helps induce this trance-like state mm. what, what the whisking is there to do it's to heighten the sauna experience and take you into an out-of-body mm. space extraordinary yeah yeah, and then there's salt scrubs as well uh, nice. for their exfoliating the skin with the salt and honey scrubs, which uh, honey's got lots of vitamins and properties in it that's good for the skin. So there are a lot of rituals around actually cleaning the skin and exfoliating the skin, but then the deeper things as well. All of these things have deeper meanings, so they operate on lots of different levels. Absolutely Depending on how deep you want to go. How deep you want to go. Well, Emma, stay right there. We're going to take a quick pause. But when we come back, I do want to talk to you about some of the beautiful saunas that you've visited. And of course, uh, a little bit more about cold water therapy as well.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, Emma, you travelled 10,000 kilometres with the brilliant photographer Maya to research this book. Let's talk about some of the most surprising and perhaps magical saunas that you found around the world. And in particular, I'm interested to hear about the role that nature might play in this, you know, in their surroundings, for example. Yes. I mean, they are all blessed in those countries with beautiful landscapes, not so many people, lots of forests lakes, beautiful water. So in a way, it was easy to find lots of nice places to shoot. That mm. We were we were spoilt for choice in that department. And Maya, obviously living in Helsinki, knew some of the saunas. But uh, like, for example, she went to Lapland and she stumbled across a sauna made out of ice blocks that had been cut with an ice saw out of a frozen lake and built by a guy as a place he could sit and have a sauna while he was ice fishing <laughs> how do you the heat an ice sauna surely it would <laughs> melt wouldn't it it does melt eventually so, <laughs> you've got to be he, quick <laughs> yes he said you have to time everything just right so he'd do his fishing with the sauna on and then the sauna would start melting and he'd be a pool of water and so he'd have to leave and Um, let it refreeze uh so building saunas is a big pastime especially in Finland Mm. because you know that's a good way to get through those long dark winters and the Finns are so passionate about saunas that you know they love building their own saunas so there was that one the ice sauna was incredible I wasn't with Maya when she shot that unfortunately but then together we did go to a peat swamp a thousand-year-old virgin peat swamp owned by an 87-year-old man who had built five saunas on the, <laughs> on this swamp with all 
bits of driftwood and fossilized pieces that he'd found in the swamp. Incredible. And they were absolutely incredible. Mm. They were like works of art that that he'd spend hours there. He was 87 and he looked about 60 and he'd cycled to meet us. He'd cycled seven kilometres towing a huge um, plastic drum full of water. So around his five saunas and the peat swamp, he encourages visitors to dive into the swamp, which is a sort of mini channel of like a little river river pond thing and cover your skin in peat and then go and get in the sauna for 20 minutes and because the peat is filled with uh, humic and fulvic acids which yes. are really good for your skin brilliant you know. minerals yes I mean yeah, you know, you, I, 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 I put those little mineral drops in my water and in, in my coffee because they're so good for you yeah and so this this peat these peat saunas they are a thing in Finland especially if you've got skin conditions you know Mm -hmm. eczema or psoriasis or or anything and so we did that and we spent a good few hours with him and we photographed all his incredible constructions and sculptures and the thrones that he'd built inside the saunas and everything and jumped in the peat bog and came away with our skin feeling baby soft yes yeah I can imagine. I mean, as as well as sort of perhaps the more extreme end like that, like your ice sauna or your, your peat bog sauna, who <laughs> else did you find at these places? And, you know, were they all sort of ancient gurus living these extraordinary lifestyles? Or, you know, were some people sort of more, I guess, quote unquote, normal and everyday? And actually, did you notice any similarities in their health and their happiness levels? There were lots of everyday in the cities, you know, like in in Helsinki and in Oslo and in Tallinn. We went to regular everyday saunas because those the the, the ones that the peat sauna and the ice sauna are just extreme examples, like you said. But in Finland, you can have any kind of sauna that you like. Really, you're spoilt for choice. So if you want to go to, there was Lolu, which is in the book in our best of section, which is an architecturally stunning sauna in Helsinki with a, a, a lovely large deck where you can go out and jump into the sea down ladders and it's all towels and robes and a nice restaurant and cocktails and things like that. So so that's more on the kind of spa end and in the cities, not that it's a spa, it's a sauna. They wouldn't like me to say it was a spa. Mm. But um, yes, so there were lots of accessible places that if you if if you weren't really into sauna and you went to Oslo, you could go and have a sauna and have a, a mm. really nice experience. It isn't going to be very challenging and difficult yes. yeah. and terrifying yes. <laughs> with some shaman popping out, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's not. Not like that. Those were the rare examples, the extreme examples. So interesting. I mean, and, and talking about sort of perhaps, you know, a slightly terrifying experience. Can we touch on body image here? You must have spent a fair amount of time in, in these saunas, maybe naked or at least in a bathing suit. Did being around so many people in similar states of undress change the way you viewed your own body and perhaps other people's? Because it's it would be just such a natural, normal thing, wouldn't it? It really did. It really did. I think I was just so British about nudity and Maya is so Finnish about nudity. When I really had to face these challenges was in Estonia when we we went into a smoke sauna 
mixed gen- men and women and they were all naked and there was no way anyone was going to be wearing any swimwear in a smoke sauna. Um, I mean, the reason you'd be naked is because it's more hygienic, but but also you don't want to ruin your swimming costume right. <laughs> covering it okay. in soot. Um, yes. And that was really challenging for me you know I'm used to working in I've worked for years on magazines where the way you dress is your armor really yes, your identity isn't it defines you I'm, I'm wearing this because I, I am a certain type of person yes and so to be naked working naked at my age challenge <laughs> <laughs> hmm. it was a challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> it was good for me though yes it was really yes. good for me because it, I've seen all sorts of bodies now when I realised actually I probably I was really sheltered from that growing up here and um, not we- growing up in a I had older brothers as well. So there wasn't nudity going on at home. Actually, I, it was really striking to me how few naked bodies I had really seen up until doing this book. And it was really good for me to see everybody comes in different shapes and sizes and it doesn't matter it no. just in the end or it should it it does matter because if if you feel uncomfortable with it it matters to you but in a way it it's a, it's a shame it matters <laughs> yes yes it certainly shouldn't define who we are or, or become no. a, an un, un, unhealthy obsession lots of the women i spoke to mainly would say I'd ask them about their teenage, would they go into the sauna naked with their teenagers, for example? And they'd say, you know, that because everybody, families would go from, they take babies into the sauna and children are naked and they'd see their grandparents naked and as they were growing up. And then a lot of them would say during the teenage years, extreme self-conscious years, the children might not go in or might wear a costume, but then you know, when they're a little bit older, they'd go back to being naked again. Fascinating stuff. I mentioned earlier, actually, in the first half about cold water swimming. Let's take a look at the cold then. Why did you start that in the first place? And, you know, what is it about plunging yourself into sub-zero waters that you love? I mean, I, I know it gives me that burst of exhilaration, but I tend to, as I say, only do it for a 60 second burst in the shower you you I think I gather probably a little bit more hardcore well not much uh I started it because I live really near the ponds on Hampstead Heath and really near Parliament Hill Lido which is unheated so a lot of people around here swim and I think it was about seven years ago me and four of my neighbours we just decided to do it as a challenge because we all thought we would never ever ever be able to swim in cold water all through the winter and so we, you know, we set up our WhatsApp and we fixed our time and we would, we would no way, I no way would have done that on my own. I needed yes. my girls around yes. me. We I, all gave each other, mm. Yeah, we all gave each other a lot of moral support mm-hmm. and um, we'd literally duck in for seconds in the beginning. And then bit by bit, it would, once we'd done that first winter, that, that was the hardest winter to do. And, you know, the, the swimming part was difficult in the beginning. Didn't, I didn't start to feel that exhilaration straight away because there was a lot of anxiety for me around actually getting in the cold water. But I loved the camaraderie and the chat yes, and the whole adventure of it. And, then and that sense of, of achievement, feeling, actually. Yeah, that, feeling that you, proud of That you have proud actually of done it and, and yeah. you can do it. I 
don't do it now, but I used to, when my daughter Lily was living in London, she was going through years, actually, of terrible migraine, repetitive migraine, literally, you know, one after the other for months and months and ended up being, you know, a, a very serious autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. And oh, thankfully, yeah. she's now sort of finding her way out of that. But as part of that, I had researched in strategies that would help her. And one of them was potentially cold water swimming. So I signed us both up to join the Serpentine in Hyde Park. And we started relatively late in the year, I guess, sort of around October time, early November, when it was pretty chilly. I mean, not not quite as cold as sort of January and February, but, but really still quite cold. And the fact that we were there together and I really wanted to go and support her and encourage her. And I knew that if I just said to her, oh, Lily, why don't you go cold water swimming? It probably wouldn't happen. So I said, right, come on, let's do this together. I'll come with you. And for many months, actually, we we would do it together. And then I was in London less. And by then she was completely hooked. And interestingly, she used to say to me that when she was having a really bad attack, it was the only thing that took the pain away, Mm. being in that cold water. Yeah, I've got a friend who's the same. She has really bad migraines and she'll swim. Or if she can't swim, she'll put her head in a cold in the basin full of cold water. Mm, mm. It becomes totally addictive, though. Like, I mean, for so me, it was it, it, it was the, the dopamine. I, I would come mm. back and there's this whole you have to warm up very carefully. And then I loved what you said about the camaraderie there with a the group. It's completely true. And at the circle time, they have this little hut. And you have to be a member. And when I first went, I thought, oh, how quaint. Look, you know, they make you tea afterwards. And, you know, mm. there, there is this sort of sense of community spirit. And of course, I later realised it's very practical that you you do have a cup of tea straight afterwards. And that's to warm up your core. Mm. That's to warm you up from the mm. inside first. You don't jump into a warm shower. That's mm. That's absolutely, you know, not advised because your blood flow needs to come back to your vital mm. organs. So... Obviously, when you jump into cold water, you know, your body is so shocked. It, it sends all the blood to, to your vital organs to protect them. And then you need to gradually get that blood flow flowing back out again. And the best way to do it, so they say, is to heat up from the inside. And then you don't risk sort of going into like sort of a hypothermic shock, which you, you do have to be careful, don't you? I mean, that there are serious health concerns here. Do you have any tips perhaps for first timers, you know, who, who might be concerned about the health risks? Yes, I think obviously you don't want to stay in too long for sure. And if you start not feeling cold, you you need to get out. But it's quite interesting because in the Lido my, at Parliament Hill, the sauna has been a gateway for lots of people to try cold water swimming. Like last winter, it it you know the the saunas always sold out. The the Lido is now busy all year round, really busy at the weekends, and people kind of swim and think oh I'll get in the sauna afterwards and I'll warm up so they stay there was a there was a kind of series of um, stories in the press about people having to be fished out last winter and put in the foil blankets and everything because they'd stayed in too long thinking I can stay in for a long time because I can go and jump in the sauna to warm up but as you know the after drop when you get out but you when you get out of cold water you don't warm up straight away Hence the cup of tea or the something or the the star jumps or whatever it is you have to do to get everything going. And the sauna doesn't warm you up as quickly as the after drop cools you down. So 
you can't just stay in and get really, really cold and then go straight into the sauna or to the top bench of the sauna either. You have to start on the lower benches and work your way up. Right. People who swim ice miles in the Lido, and there are quite a few of them, they then come into the sauna and they have to start very low with a cup of tea and work their way up to the heat. So you kind of can't rely on one to sort out the other in a way. You have to listen to your body or try to and not get too cold or not get so hot that then you're going to jump in and overdo cooling down, which makes it sound really complicated, but it's not really complicated, actually. Yes. (laughs) But the lovely thing about using the sauna and the cold swim is that when you jump back into the cold water, you've been in the sauna and then you jump into the cold, your core is warm, your extremities are cold and your core is warm. And that's such a nice feeling because you're hot and cold at the same time. So the Japanese have a word for it. I mean, in Japan, sauna culture is really huge. And it's that space where you've gone to an altered state, the combination of the cold and the hot it doesn't happen straight away, but it you know if you've been doing after ten minutes or whatever, however long, you just go into this altered state, and they call it totonota. They have a word for it, which they've invented. The sauna community have invented this word, and it's kind of this new place of being that's a bit like putting everything all in order or having a reset. And um, I wish we had a word for it in English because I know exactly what that word means. <laughs> from feeling it and regular sauna bathers all have that same feeling I feel really exhilarated when I cold swim as well and I get that rush but the the hot and the cold is a slightly different really nice feeling Mm. (laughs) so I guess it means that you can have two different types of really nice uh, moments with the hot and the cold so I, I suppose it just has opened things up for me because I'm a total sauna addict now. I absolutely love it, especially when there's cold water or a, or a cold bucket to pour over my head or something, you know. Brilliant. And so finally then, you must be able to immediately tell if a sauna is going to be a great one now. Are there things that we should look out for if we want to find a regular sauna for ourselves? In fact, aren't you building your own sauna in your garden? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am building one of my own. And so I think that one of the main things is good ventilation, because if it doesn't have good ventilation, you go in and your skin feels all crinkly and you feel claustrophobic and you feel like you can't really breathe. I mean, the number of people I spoke to saying, oh, I don't like saunas, they make me feel claustrophobic, British people. Even if you just stay in for five minutes, I think in the beginning, it's taking it slowly, like the cold swimming approach it in that same way of it's something that's going to make you maybe feel a bit uncomfortable especially if you don't really like heat that much and like I did like myself you know and I, I was not used to these hot temperatures and now I've adjusted and so I guess it's a bit of trial and error here in in the UK because we we don't have so many options But I think it's really nice if you can find a place where you can have access to cold water, whatever that is, plunge pool, ice thing that you pour over your head or a pond or a river or the sea or whatever. Because I think that makes it easier and maybe more accessible in a way, 
I think that's partly why there's so many pop-up saunas on beaches all around the UK. They're literally, put, you know, the, the kind of converted horse boxes and the trailers. Oh, I love that. The, yeah, there's lots of them. There's about, seven, according to the British Sauna Society, there's about 70 all around the UK now and they're popping up a lot to cater for the swimmers mainly, who who possibly prefer cold to hot but have now got into sauna as well no it'd be great to see a sauna pop up next to cold water on in lots of places around the uk that would be really really nice to see that that it could take off in the same way that cold swimming has love it with so many benefits on all this too emma thank you so much for being with us today and for encouraging us all to get hot (laughs) as well as get cold yes well thank you very much for having me Well, Emma, thank you again for that wonderful exploration into the world of deep heat. I have to say, I am absolutely convinced if I could build a sauna in my garden, I think I would. I think it sounds absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to try and find one near me and check it out more regularly. Well, we're really heading into the depths of winter now, aren't we? It's the perfect time to start a cosy deep heat habit. Do let me know if you are considering this by getting in touch with us at Instagram. The team and I are on at Liz Earl Wellbeing and I am there too at Liz Earl Me. Well, I'll be back next week talking about something that could just help us heal emotionally, physically and spiritually. So do make sure that you're following the podcast to be back here for that one. And as always, if you'd prefer to listen to that episode and all the others ad-free, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts Plus for a small monthly fee. And that also gets you early access to all future episodes. So until the next time we chat, go well. Goodbye. The Liz Earle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.